Romans chapter 1, verse number 20. Let's start reading. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world, I want you to notice these next words, are clearly seen. Uh, underline that, mark that. Being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And changed, that's a key word right there, Turn, mark that word, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, to birds, and to four-footed beasts, and to creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie. Notice that statement. And worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the recompense of the error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of what? Death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Now, God makes right and wrong very clear in our world. Matter of fact, God says even creation makes right and wrong known. You see, God not only wrote the Bible for us, but right and wrong is clearly defined by creation itself. I hear a pizza on the way. Brother Randall, extra cheese, pepperoni, sausage, and mushroom. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm teasing. Uh, now, the Bible says that creation itself clearly defines right and wrong. God is just. God is the judge of all mankind. And he is going to make sure that his justice is enforced. May I say something? He's not only judge, he's not only justice, he is the source of all justice. He is the just one. Now, all mankind will stand before God one day. We who are saved will stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ. We will then receive the rewards earned while we were here on earth. 
we will never be judged for our sins. I remember hearing Jack Van Impey back in the 70s. When you get to heaven, God's going to play your life on a giant movie screen and show you all the things you did wrong and all the things you should have done that you didn't do. Well, Jack Van Impey's wrong. Everybody doing okay? He said, I don't think you ought to call names. Then don't call them. I just did. Uh, I heard that said over and over and over. We will never be judged for our sins as a saved person. That's where we receive our reward. We may not get rewards we thought we were going to get, but we'll get what is justly ours according to the judge of all the universe. Now, we will then, after a period of over a thousand and seven years, we will be the witnesses to the great white throne judgment where all those who have died and gone to hell and all those that will be going to hell and the devil and his angels will receive their final punishment. That's called the great white throne judgment. That's not one that you want to be a part of unless you're in the stands. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. That's where God says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Now, we are the sinners. God is not. Man has to realize we are sinners. <laughs> Can I tell you something? I don't think there's many humans alive that don't think they have done something wrong. Bless you. We are the violators. Did you know God didn't violate anything? God placed into creation every principle of justice needed to prove himself as being just, holy, God, and creator. Let me say that again. God placed into creation every principle needed to prove his justice, his holiness, him being God, and him being a creator. No matter what man will offer as an excuse, it will never hold up in the court of eternity before the judge of the universe and the creator of all things. Never. Now, I want you to notice in verse number 20, God says that as creator, it is clearly seen from creation what is right and wrong. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world, are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Did you know that you could look up, don't do it right now, but you could look up right now and look at the tidal schedule and you could tell when high tide is and low tide is anywhere in the world. Did you know that as it gets dark out tonight, you could look to the sky and navigate, and we know where we are and where things are by where they're located in the sky, because what God put in order still is going. Did you know you can't speed the earth up or slow it down and change time? Albert Einstein was an idiot. You can't go backwards around the earth and change time. All right? He said, well, I'm going the reverse direction, so it'll reverse time. And eh, wrong answer. You're going the wrong direction. That doesn't mean you're going to change time. 
You have to understand something. Uh, what God put in place, what God put in order, we cannot change. I made this statement sometime, I believe, last Sunday. Isn't it amazing that we call the earth the earth because that's what God called it? Isn't it amazing that the sun, the moon, the stars, and even many of the stars' names are mentioned in the scriptures? And we still call those that today? Isn't it amazing some of the things that God said? Uh, <laughs> the beast of the field, the fowl of the air, and the cattle of the field, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the face of the earth. Oh, we even use those terms today. Now, let me try to help you. Man can try to intellectualize it away, but it's clearly seen by every human, human being. Man can try to ignore that there is a God, but it's clearly seen by creation. God even tells us how man will try to change and destroy what God said and did. God tells us in Romans chapter 1, verses 20 through 32, he gives us the outline for what's been taking place in history, and he told us this centuries ago, millenniums ago. 2,000 years ago, God told us exactly how man was going to change things and to try to explain away God and explain away creation. And I'm going to show that to you tonight. Number one, sin causes man to want to be his own God. Turn to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Look at verse number 5. That's the first book of the Bible. You ought to be able to find it fairly easy. It's after the book of index. <laughs> There's no table of contents. <laughs> Sorry. Not in this one. God wrote this one, not man. Genesis chapter 3, look at verse number 4. The, and the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know in the day ye eat thereof that your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be as what? Gods, knowing good and evil. That literally says you could be your own God and you can decide and you would know good and evil for yourself. You won't need God to tell you what's good and evil. So, preacher, where do you get that? Turn to Isaiah. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Isaiah, right towards a little past the middle of your Bible. Isaiah chapter 14. Let me take you to an event that took place prior to Genesis chapter 3. Isaiah chapter 14. Look at verse number 12. This is in heaven before the creation of the earth. This is where Satan is kicked out of heaven for his sin. We find him then in Genesis chapter 3, tempting Adam and Eve. But this took place prior to Genesis chapter 3. Look at Isaiah 14, look at verse number 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O who? Lucifer, 
son of the morning. How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon, upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake the kingdoms? Now look at me. I want you to notice those five things that Satan said. I will be like the Most High God. I will sit in the seat of God. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. In other words, I'll be my own God. I don't need God. Sound like our world today? This is the battle we face, the flesh and the spirit. When man sinned in the Garden of Eden, his body did not die right away. It began a death process. His soul did not die right away because he was still able to communicate with each other because Adam blamed God and his wife for doing wrong. But God made man body, soul, and spirit. Something died in the Garden of Eden that day, and that was man's spirit. It died immediately. Now you have to understand something. Plants have a body, but they don't have a soul. Did you know your plants don't talk to you? Did you know your plants don't communicate? They're either well-watered, they're either over-watered, or they're crispy critters because you didn't water. That's about the only three things they can say, and they don't do it with anything but the color of the leaves. They have no soul. Now, your dog or your cat or your monkey or your bird or your squirrel or whatever... Uh, they have a body, but they also have a soul. Uh, they have the ability to do some communicating back and forth with you. My dog, I have a, yeah, I have a lemon beagle. She is a chick with an attitude. Ginger, come here. She'll just turn her head and look the other way. If she doesn't want to do it, She's going to look the other way. She did that to me the other day, and she was looking back real fast. You say, oh, preacher, you didn't. My dog, not yours. Yeah, yep, I know what that means. Now, wait a minute. They have a soul, but guess what? The soul is not eternal. I hate to disappoint you. Your dogs and cats and goldfish and birds and everything else don't die and go to heaven. All cats go to hell, though. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> amen, brother Steve, uh, I can't tell you how many I've sent there, but, uh, <laughs> now wait a minute. Uh, I, I really believe that they, they do have the ability to communicate back and forth. When my dog wants a treat, it goes to my wife, not me. I'll give them treats. You say, why? It's a dog. Uh, you say, what's a treat? Food in the bowl. I did my job, amen? Now, wait a minute. When it wants special attention, though, it'll go to my wife. But sometimes she just wants to crawl up 
and be with me. Why? I don't know. Protection? Who knows? Now, wait a minute. I love the dog. But if it died tomorrow, guess what? The world didn't stop. Yeah, <laughs> save on fossil fuels. Uh, now, when man's spirit died, it needed born again. That's what John chapter 3, verses 1 through 6 is about. And the, it, with Jesus talking to Nicodemus, and Jesus looked at him and said, You must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And if you go and look at it later, there's two spirits there. One's capital S, one's small s. Small s is us. Capital S is him. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit indwells us. It, it regenerates, it regeneticizes, it gives us a new birth spiritually. And we get the eternal genetics of God, both for our soul and our spirit, to be able to go to heaven one day. That's what salvation is all about. Now, turn to Romans chapter 1 again. And I want you to see something. Let me show you how man is starting this process, and then we're going to get into the nitty-gritty, and it's going to get real interesting, all right? You ready? Look at verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not, what are the next two words? As God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Hmm. And changed the glory of the only, of the uncorruptible God, I'm sorry, into an image made like to corruptible man, to birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who, watch this next word, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the what? Creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Now look at me. Notice God gives us the digression here. Man sins. Man wants to be his own God. So then man says then, God's not really real. I can make my own gods. God gives them up and then they begin to serve the creature, not the creator. We're going to go into this a little bit. Point number two, God told man, told us that man would change science to explain away God. God told us that he was going to, man would change science to explain away God. Look at verse 23. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image. Look down to verse 24. Wherefore God gave them also up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies. Who changed the truth of God into a lie. Now, I want you to notice something. Change the what? Truth. Can I tell you something? 
the sun's going to come up in the east and set in the west. Is that a truth, yes or no? Yes, yes it is. There are 24 hours in a day. Is that a truth, yes or no? Yes, yes there is. Uh, it takes 365 and one quarter days to get one orbit all the way around the sun, calling that a year. Is that correct? Does it ever change? Huh. So what God put in motion, man is trying to turn it into a lie. Here we go. Man made evolution to have a revolution against God as creator. Man made evolution as a revolution against God as the creator. Did you know it wasn't until the late 1850s that there ever was such a thing called evolution? And even when it came out, everybody thought it was stupid. The only people, the only people who accepted it was Russia. Because communism and socialism needed a way to explain away God so that government could be God. And they said, this is our opportunity. Our forefathers recognized God as the creator. In the Declaration of Independence, it uses the statement, Nature's God, capital N, capital G. It also says that men are endowed by their creator, capital C. 1776. People whom many in the world would now say are infidels. Believed that God created everything. He was the creator. He is the creator. And creation itself let them know. Read about George Washington by his own words. Not what people now say about him. Read what John Adams actually said. Did you know that George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, Ben Franklin, and Abe Lincoln all declared multiple days of prayer and fasting to the creator of nature and the universe so that we could win certain wars and certain battles in American history? Imagine if we had a president that would get up and ask America to pray and fast Everybody doing okay? By the way, I did say it right. Ben Franklin. <laughs> Man wanted to blur the vision about God. What does it say in verse 23? Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, verse 20. For the invisible things from the creation of the world are clearly Seen. Science now does all it can to blur the vision of that book right there. Life doesn't begin then until it takes a breath outside the womb. Then you have this creep that was 
Northam jerk down here in Virginia before he got booted out of office that believed in post-birth abortion. That meant you had a certain amount of hours or days, literally. I believe it was 72 hours, which is three days, to decide if you wanted to keep your baby, and if not, you could have it uh, aborted. That's called murder. And if it's murder outside the womb, it's murder inside the womb. Life begins at conception. By the way, science is proving that true. Man wants to blur the vision of God. That's why it says in verse number 22, professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. Isn't it amazing? It's the intelligentsia that thinks we're the weirdos. Isn't it amazing that it's the intellectuals that think evolution is true and evolution cannot even follow the basic premise of science itself? I challenge you, take the laws of science, put it against evolution, and you'll find out it does not meet the requirement to even be science. Science requires the ability to observe and to reproduce the same action. Well, you can't observe millions and millions and millions of years. Nor can we recreate it. If that would be the case, where are all the in-betweener things? <laughs> it's teaching in the university. Uh, sorry, it lost its tail. Uh, now, wait a minute. Uh, they make God out as man-made. Oh, you want to believe in a fairy tale. That's a man-made God. If that makes you feel better. But I'll believe science. I can take the Bible and show you more science than they can show in evolution any day. You go to Ecclesiastes chapter 1, it talks about the wind circuits. Tells which way they blow. Talks about the water cycle. How that it starts in the clouds, drops down to the mountains, follows the rivers, everything ends into the sea and starts back all over again. That's elementary science. It's taught in the scriptures. Talks about Pleiades and Orion and talks about many of the different stars and the constellations. Talks about creation. Talks about the animals. And I could go on and on and on and on and on. You see, we don't need science to prove the Bible. The Bible is science. Did you know there was a day when in the schools of our country that that was the textbook? Now, evolution... And humanism go hand in hand. They work together to destroy God as God. May I say something? Let God be God. Let God be God. Number three. So, I said first of all, sin causes man to want to be his own God. Number two, God told man, told us that man would change science to explain away God. Number three, what happens when God gives people up to vile affections? He said, after there comes a point in time where the scale is tipped and men now believe the science that has been changed instead of God, he says in verse number 20, uh, 
4, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped the, uh, and, uh, worshiped the, and served the creature more than the creator. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections. And he goes through this list all the way down through verse 32. We're going to get to it. Don't read it yet. I love you. Vile affections. This is where the sodomites come. And he talks about it. This is where people loving their animals more than they love people comes in. This is where people thinking that they are animals comes in. This is where, and please don't get mad at me. This is where uh, gender confusion comes in. I hate to tell you, it started all the way back in the 60s and 70s with the women's lib movement. Where a woman said, oh, I can do anything a man can do. Well, you might be able to do most things a man can do, and you can do some things a man can't do. But that doesn't mean you should. No, yeah, no, uh, no man wants to be a woman. No man wants to have a baby. Nope, nope, ain't doing it. Don't want to do any of that process. Amen? My five favorite words in the English language. Thank God I'm a man. Now, please don't get mad at me, ladies. I'm not saying you're second-rate citizens. But you know, <laughs> there was a day when ladies knew there was ladies' jobs and men's jobs. And, it, and things worked better for them. They didn't have the stress on them they have now. They didn't have the load to carry. They didn't have weak, lazy men and whiny baby men. It amazes me since the 1960s and 70s how Hollywood is trying to feminize men. Men started be the, being the attack and the butt of every joke in every Hollywood show. He was the bumbling idiot that couldn't do anything right. And the woman had to rescue him. Sound familiar? I'm not talking about your house. I'm talking about... Uh, now, God says in verse number 28, look at it. And even as they did not to like to retain God in their knowledge, education, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do things which are not convenient. The word reprobate means unprincipled. Running on how one feels. No discipline. Out of control. And the thinking in our country, in our world today, is totally out of control. Totally undisciplined. Folks, don't get mad at me. I think it's criminal that President George H. or George W. Bush. No child left behind. We have to teach a child to read by third grade. And the National Education Society went stark, raving crazy, saying there's no way you can do that. Well, I think it's criminal 
that he said it at third grade, not kindergarten. I've run many Christian schools. I've graduated many kindergarten classes. I could take any kindergarten class, just about anybody in that class, and I could take a book off my shelf, hand it to a five- or a six-year-old who's graduating from kindergarten, and they could read it. No, we've dumbed the system down to where now nobody knows anything. (laughs) Did you know there was a day when people didn't go to school past sixth or eighth grade? And they know more than the average high school senior does today? Do you know that Abe Lincoln didn't go to school past eighth grade? He worked. He went and borrowed law books, studied law while he was a teenager on his own. By the age of 20, he got a law degree on his own. Was splitting logs during the day and reading law books at night and only went to eighth grade in a one-room schoolhouse. Let me pull some books off my shelf from the 1800s and give them to you who are high school or college graduates and let me ask you if you can read them without a dictionary and know what every word means. Everybody doing okay? I told you I love you. Reprobate, undisciplined, uh, uncharactered, live by feelings. Oh, you can't give the kid a bad grade. They might get hurt feelings. Well, do me a favor. If you get hurt feelings of your kid getting a bad grade, don't ever put them in our school because they're going to get what they earn. I'm not going to cowtail to it. It's just the way it is. You pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Pass or fail, A or F, here it comes. I don't believe in the curve, unless you're throwing it in baseball. I don't think that you have to have a certain number A's for a certain number F's, and the majority stays in the middle. Uh Uh-uh. Dumb system. Well, we need to lower the bar so more people can reach it. No, the same amount of people will reach it. Now we've lowered the bar so far that most people don't even have to reach up and they don't do anything. They don't even have to show up. So, man changes science to explain away God and then God gives them up to vile affections and a reprobate mind. What does God define as a reprobate mind? I have eight minutes. Let's hurry. We fill ourselves with vile things. I want you to notice what these vile things are. Let me give you a precursor to it. The news. Hollywood. Social media. Video games. And I'm going to use this word, the average education. Let's see what it's filled with. Look at verse number, uh, oh, let's go to verse 27, Uh, 26. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. 
Likewise also the men. Leaving the natural use of the woman. Burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly. And receiving in themselves the recompense of the error of their sin. That's the LGBTQ alphabet soup crowd today. The sodomites. I use the word sodomite because it's a scriptural term. It's also a legal term that I can't be tried in court against because I am using it appropriately. And if you really want to get those people mad, call them a sodomite. It's more than just one thing. That word encompasses a lot of things. And they hate it. God says the first thing that takes over is sodomy. The first mention of sodomy in American TV was back in the 70s with a show called Three's Company with Jack Ritter. It was a sitcom. Everybody laughed at it. And I heard preachers get up and say, that filth should never be seen. And boy, were they right. Wouldn't they have a time today watching men kissing each other and women kissing each other on TV? Saying Jesus gets us. What is vile affections? Skip down to verse 29. Being filled with all unrighteousness. That means this. Anything that's not right. God says our righteousness is as filthy rags. Guess what our unrighteousness is? That's the really bad stuff. If the good that we do is like filthy rags, can you imagine what the bad we do is like? Isn't it amazing how unrighteous America is? I'll get back to that in a moment. Fornication. That's... Physical impurity before people get married. Young people being impure. The average high school and college is nothing but a place for fornication. Next, wickedness. That is the word witchcraft. Evil spirits. Uh, Look at the average... Uh, just go through the uh, list of shows that, and movies that are coming out that mention Lucifer, evil, Satan, 666, witchcraft. I'm not telling you, j- just look at it. When you have shows that literally have the name Lucifer, shows about witchcraft. Everybody doing okay? All right, hang on. Uh, fornication, wickedness, covetousness. That means people wanting what other people have. That's called, I don't want to work, but I want to make 20 bucks an hour. That's called somebody suing McDonald's because they're only making $15 an hour. And that's George Soros' lawyers and things trying to get McDonald's sued for child labor laws for only paying minors $15 an hour. That's called covetousness. Maliciousness. 
That means doing harm to people on purpose. Good night. Look how many people go in and shoot people up or uh, people that are selling drugs to, uh, you know, any of that kind of mess. Look at some of the games that kids play in the big cities and walk, they call it knockout, and run up behind somebody and just punch them in the face and knock them out on the ground. Breaking bones and everything else. Oh, they do that just for fun. Total stranger. Go see if you can knock them out. That sounds like fun, doesn't it? It's called malicious. Trying to hurt somebody. Full of envy. Oh, we want, we want, we want, we want. That's our advertising system of today. Murder. Don't even have to go there. Debate. This is a fun one. That means argumentative. Have you ever had to try have a conversation without arguing with somebody lately? <laughs> Seems like everybody wants to debate. I don't debate. I just flop the truth out. You don't like it? There's another door to knock on. Deceit. That means uh, appearing to be something you're not. Hiding something. Uh, malignity. That means accusatory. We're always accusing somebody of something. Oh, it's racist. Oh, that's homophobic. That's this, that's that. You're racist. How can working a job be racist? How can preaching the truth be racist? Whisperers. Oh, these are the people that... From the shadows. Backbiters. You work with those. I don't, but you all do. Two of you don't. Uh, haters. Folks, I remember a day when hate was a bad word. I remember my mama, if she ever heard me say, I hate my brother, she washed my mouth. That was soap. And let me tell you, that lava soap is nothing to chew on. They put sand grit in that stuff. Nasty stuff. Matter of fact, my dad had a box down in the basement under the utility sinks of the old lye soap my grandma made. She threatened to go get that one day. That's where I got my strong jaws, amen? Uh, murders, debate, deceit, whispers, backbiters, haters of God. Look how many people hate the word God. Brother Josh and I were out soul winning about a year ago. Knocked on door, had a good conversation with a guy. I looked at him and said, let me ask you a question. If you died today, do you know 100% sure you're going to heaven? And it was like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. That's the first question. Get out of here. Boom! Shut the door and slammed it. Angry. Haters of God. Despiteful. Full of despite, full of uh, wrath, and full of uh, forcing people to want to do wrong. Proud, oh my soul. Pride marches. Look how arrogant people are today. Good night. They think because they pass one class that they're the next Albert Einstein. Boasters. Everybody's got to have a, an award. Let me show you all my awards. Look what I've done. 
inventors of evil things. I could preach a whole series of sermons on that. Alcohol, the video industry, the imagery industry, and I could go on and on and on and on and on and on. Disobedient to parents. The government now wants your children to be able to have changes, become sodomites, have surgeries without parental permission. Well, it will be a cold day where the booger man lives forever. Go for that. And I'm not shutting up about it. The moment your school tells you that you as a parent don't have a right to say anything, guess what? Pull your kids. Without understanding. <laughs> Boy, they don't understand. Covenant breakers can't keep their word. Brother Devin started a job this week, and the first day he started, they, they all said, are you coming back tomorrow? After the second day of the work, they said, are you, are you coming back tomorrow? They couldn't believe that he was there two days in a row. Without natural affection. That's not just talking about the sodomites. That's children who hate their parents and parents who give their children up because they'd rather have drugs than a kid. Implacable. That's an interesting word. It means unwilling to make a treaty. They're unwilling to reconcile anything. You can talk to my lawyer. Sue this, sue that, sue this, sue that, sue this, sue that. Boy, do we not live in an implacable society today. And then unmerciful. Lacking mercy. I want you to see what God says about this. And I'm done. Verse 32. Who knowing the judgment of God. That they which commit such things are worthy of death. Look at me. America is facing a death sentence. And the only thing that's going to change it is revival. They need the truth of God. God told us how it would destroy us. I could take you back to the Roman Empire, the Greek Empire. I could take you back to the uh, Phoenician Empires. I could take you back to many of the different empires of world past. Show you how they followed the same patterns that we're doing today. And every one of those empires went down in death because they did exactly what God said they would do. When you turn your back on God and destroy the creation and when you blur the line of creation, folks, you laugh at me when I say two bowls don't make a cow. Amen. Two roosters don't make an egg. Amen. Can I tell you something? The creation of God are clearly seen. The truths of God are clearly seen by creation. The only hope we have is for God to help us have revival that means this, we've got to get the gospel out to every creature. It's our job. Bow our heads, I've got to crash land the plane. I'd like to keep going, I won't. 
God told us the digression. And if we look at Romans chapter 1, verses 20 through the end of the chapter, verse 32, God even told us how it's going to work. And we can look back at our own history and see where we're headed. God said, as in the days of Noah, as in the days of Lot, even so must the coming of the Son of Man be. Keep, get ready, Jesus is coming. But until then, let's have revival. Let's get the truth out. Maybe we could hold on a little longer. 